This is Larry Zerner, Shelley from Friday 13th Part 3. You're on Nightmare Junkhead. Hey, genius, fuck you too. In and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that knows where the red light goes. You bang. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're celebrating the final Friday the 13th of 2019 by going to Camp Forest Green and offering up a fan commentary track for Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. And you don't have to enroll for camp to listen into our show. All you need to do is search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe. And when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your hole. And if you happen to make it into the uh, AV cabin there, you can tune in on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, on Facebook, we have our little events tab. And that's where you can find all the horrific happenings. Our shenanigans are holiday shenanigans. And we got some holiday shenanigans coming up. Well, as this episode does release on December, Friday the 13th, first and foremost on that day, more than likely you're going to find me here tuning in to Joe Bob's Red Christmas. Ooh. Three holiday horror films. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like a lot of the stuff we do, the lineup is not revealed until you watch it. Uh, we'll be streaming on Shudder, another Shudder shout out. Uh, but of course, a lot of people celebrate Friday the Thirteenth by tuning into a uh, Friday a the Thirteenth film. Absolutely, right? right? Why not? Uh, Kansas City Horror Club right now is uh, painting another paint party, and we're having a good time. And then later on, we're going to watch a little Friday the Thirteenth. That'll be even better. Oh, well, then make sure then uh, save the date the following Tuesday, closing out Terror Tuesday, yes. uh, December seventeenth. The Bob Clark classic. Not not that one. The, this is Terror Tuesday. Right. The other Bob <laughs> Clark Christmas classic. You're not going to shoot your eye out. You're going to get your eye stabbed out. <laughs> yes, you will. Yes, you will. Billy, go back to the uh, the attic. No. <laughs> Black Christmas, the one and the only. Yep. It's much like a Blood hello? Rage is... Hello? 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 Uh, much like Blood Rage is a November rotation film... As is Black, Black Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> you can watch people get snackered. It, well, it, this is it's <laughs> equal parts warm and cold. Yeah, it's equal parts mean and funny. Mm-hmm. Like it's just such a wonderful. It's as I've mentioned before. Every time I watch it, it creeps up a little bit more on Halloween and being one of my favorite slashers. Yeah, it's it's on the Christmas rotation. Oh, it's there. There's a few holiday favorites on the Christmas rotation, and that's definitely one of them. And this is one to see on the big screen. Uh, I got to see it last December, thanks to Terror Tuesday. So again, thank you, Adrian and Amber, for let, allowing this. Uh, but the final Terror Tuesday of the year, make sure you're out there December 17th. But save the energy, because then on, speaking of an annual holiday tradition, mm-hmm. uh, on December 21st, Screenland Tapcade, the uh, time has been set, 7 o'clock. Yep. Our fifth Christmas with the Nerds. Oh, it's going to be fun on a bun. This lineup is going to be great. I'm so excited for this lineup. 
because I know some of these people in some of the movie uh, are people are going to see for the very first time. Well, and that's the whole thing that we try to bring to the table and our whole philosophy with this little triple feature that we've been doing now five years now mm-hmm. is when most people say, hey, let's watch a, a Christmas movie or let's watch a holiday film. And they'll throw on. Um, um, that's that, wonderf- that's right, Jeju. It's a wonderful life. A wonderful movie. Yeah. Perfect Christmas film. But then there's what? those people. Yeah. You'll, they'll say, you know, it's not Christmas in my house until John McClane drops Hans Gruber yes. off the Nakatomi Plaza, right, right? Right. I challenge them, but they're like, no, there's even, but there's, there's some the people. Other yes. Level, and that's where we dwell. That's where <laughs> we dwell on the other level. We're wrapping up stockings with like the weirdest like loosely based christmas possible but some fucking gold some really good ones here and we're going to give you three genre holiday oriented films an action film mm-hmm. a comedy and and a horror film and we're actually fulfilling a request this year yes in in lieu of both you and a person that has been you know <laughs> right. re- a repeated customer so a repeat to speak. offender but make sure to check that out on december 21st and we are going to be taking donations for casey pet project mm-hmm. as well uh, we always have a good time with this come early for the pre-show always a good time but then looking forward here truly oh, truly we forgot on the uh, monday Oh, okay. My, why not? Uh, Nerds and Nostalgia, Monday Mystery Movie Night on yep. December 16th, mm-hmm. our final one of 2019 as well. It's kind of like last year we gave you the finger for Christmas, and this year we're doing something for the retail people out there. Indeed that we are. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's all you need to know on that, but definitely check it out. What we're doing is we're screening the movie, and then we record an episode of Nerds and Nostalgia afterwards. Yep. It's not horror, but it's us. It is. It is. And <laughs> it's best part, it is completely free. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll always do that. And then, of course, we'll give you the, in the nerd knowledge trailers for what we're kicking off in the month of January, and in fact, for the entire of 2019 as well mm-hmm. we or i should say 2020 20. oh my goodness wow. the roaring 20s i know oh, oh are we gonna go that way we're gonna da, 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 delete do 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 we're gonna do it i little. gotta go jump on a flagpole real quick <laughs> charleston my way down the the uh, only horror speakeasy <laughs> podcast yeah the spookeasy yeah oh, there it is uh-huh uh, but then again, going uh, looking into 2020, uh, we've already been talking about it a little bit. But Ooh. one of the yeah, one of the things we always look forward to here, and one of the great reasons to live here in the Kansas City area, is Panic Film Festival. Panic Fest. Are you ready to panic, there, oh, genius? I am so ready to panic. I'm so excited. It's gonna be great. The lineup looks dope. The celebrity guests look dope. Man, it's gonna be so much fun. Make sure you check it out. Panicfest.com. They're already starting to put they actually have expanded the short film showcase. To three. Which is one of the highlights every year. Yeah, to three to three times that you can see them. But you've mentioned before the lineup of films of his increase we're gonna to get to see VFW. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one I am penciling in. We get to see Frozen with Adam Green. Yes, Adam Green in attendance this year. Get to see, That's one, go back to, I think it was episode 100. Uh, true here, actually, in the month of December, where we were talking about movies to watch in the cold. Mm-hmm. That was one of the films Frozen that we talked about. Yeah. Uh, the dreamy Justin Beam will be there. There are a slew of podcasts that are going to be performing, including... Ours, us game truly. of Games Round 3. I cannot wait. This is going to be great. This game show is going to be fun in a bun. January 26th, we are going to again break out the Game of Games, the, the Nightmare Junkhead home version. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have multiple categories. 
very interactive. There are going to be prizes, a yeah. good time guaranteed, but also all the other live podcasts are going to be there. We do have the Generation Y podcast coming back. True crime. People love, love, love that. Make sure to check them out. And of course, the aforementioned Justin Beam, mm-hmm. the Justin Beam radio show is going to be playing. That's going to be cool. I, I'll, man, and I know you're not a podcast listener. I am. And I can say this, man, he is going to some really deep and uncomfortable places with his guest, but it's, it's so cathartic in what I, at least for me as a listener, Mm -hmm. but what I assume is also on the other end. So I can say that I'm going to say it in person, but thank you, Justin, because there's been some stuff I needed to hear to get through these hard times. Well, in fairness, even when just talking to him, you can't help but get lost in his eyes. Of stop course it. He's gonna... Stop it. <laughs> let, me, let me go Dr. Dan on here and just stop it. Stop it. <laughs> but uh, pencil that in. Uh, in fact, pencil in all the live podcasts. Go out and support them. Uh, all the screenings that are going to be happening. Uh, and you know what? The lineup is increasing yeah. as you go. So follow them on Facebook. It's going to be fucking great but also you know if you've been uh, fans of the show uh come out to say hi to us uh, mm-hmm. we're going to be volunteering uh potentially doing some q a's with people yep we're going to be talking to people throughout the weekend as it is and you know we're going to be watching some movies oh that's what i've already am putting together my list because as <laughs> it is watch. we know list. some people yeah well speaking of knowing some people it is friday the 13th that it is if it is friday the 13th at this point, it's been kind of a tradition that we would always interact with one Jason Voorhees. We've got a death curse! And we must have a death curse because royalty trumps tradition at this point. Because the last Friday the 13th, we had initially scheduled to put together commentary. But as it was, the one and only goth gangster princess, mm-hmm. Jill Gavargazian, uh, came in with some folks for the stylist. And we had a chance to talk with them and release the episode on that Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. So only... For royalty, would we break that tradition? Right, exactly. But as this episode does release on the final Friday the 13th year of 2019, we wanted to celebrate with another Friday the 13th commentary. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, I know this is a favorite of yours, and we're going to get to where it ranks. uh, But we are indeed going to be going to Camp Forest Green. Now, we are going to be utilizing here just a standard DVD. So at this point, you're going to one line up your DVD, your mm-hmm. Blu-ray, your VHS. Nothing your, with bells and whistles, just the just the movie. However you're streaming, and as long as you're streaming, make sure it is legal because... Pirate's going to walk the plank, and if you fall in the lake, at Crystal Lake, <laughs> you're, you're fucked. <laughs> as it turns out, now we do have everything lined up here. This is uh, You're going to be seeing a black screen at this point. We are uh, paused right before the Paramount logo brings up. Mm -hmm. So let's get everything lined up now. Unfortunately, I'm not wearing my super short shorts because we are in the dead of winter. (laughs) If we were really, if I was feeling true in the ambiance, man, I would have really done that there. I feel like I'm letting everyone down. You know, theater of the mind. (laughs) And it's an hour and a half. Maybe I'll just go and change. Just in case. I'll actually, we'll do a little dumb and dumber uh, wardrobe sequence <laughs> there walking down the street. <laughs> so we're going to do a lethal weapon style countdown where we go three, three two, two one and, and then, then play. We play so that being said a uh, genius ready to go to camp mm-hmm. all right well gang let's get everything lined up like Ernest. and oh my god line up and count down three, three two, two one play, play. 
And as we bathe under that familiar, wonderful mm-hmm. glow of the Paramount logo, Mountain and Stars, let us welcome you back to a yet another Nightmare Junkhead, a fan commentary track. Uh, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we are your head counselors for this fan commentary track. And by fan commentary track, we mean... We have no affiliation with Paramount, Terror Inc., Jason Voorhees, anybody who lives near Carousel Lake. We're just two guys who dig this movie. And this is a movie that is really easy to dig. Yeah. And as it turns out, digging comes into play mm-hmm. with the uh, the scene that is coming up here. But this is a film that had kind of a lot riding on it. Yeah. Because if you think about to the film preceding it. Right. It's right after Roy. This so is, this is the course corrector right. movie for many people. Spoilers. Well, no. Well, yeah. <laughs> we are going to be listen again. If you are watching this film for the first time with this particular commentary track, wrong. well, we. Ooh 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 ooh. Mr. Voorhees. Mr. Mr. Voorhees. I got a note from my mother. Now, for a, I guarantee, for our younger audience. Ron Polito is going to just there's no there there's no reference there's no there's just there's they're no not going to know who Mr. Carter is they but are not going to know Horshack but for all the older people welcome back <laughs> <laughs> what an interesting bit of stunt casting for mm-hmm. this this is kind of like Scream you put a big star and then you kill him off <laughs> and so like so like who can we who can we get for our modest budget um well <laughs> screech wasn't a thing yet so let's get can we, can we get barbara barbara was it what was uh travolta's name in that barbara barbarino barbarino <laughs> and boom boom washington hi there just like <laughs> Well, it's like I said, this is this is not only do you get Horshack here, but you get now and this is technically the return we're gonna be, of uh, Tommy Jarvis yeah, closing out the Tommy Jarvis trilogy here. And technically we've covered parts four, five, and now we are closing. But we now have the third portrayal of with another actor. Yeah. However, this actor is familiar. Oh, yeah. We did a commentary with this movie with this actor. You, you mean the movie job? lied? <laughs> <laughs> The one and only Tom Matthews. Good old Tom, dude. <laughs> Poor Tom. <laughs> and it's it, it is Tom, correct? It's Tom, but yeah. it's spelled Tom. I know, and even as good horror fans, we should know better right, than this, right? It's Tom. Well, ultimately, I think this is a course-correcting film because people were pretty outraged last time that five was sleazy. <laughs> not only was it sleazy, but zoinks. Yeah. It's not Jason. Mm-hmm. It is only Roy. It kind of went through that like Halloween three thing where it's like, man, this ain't Michael Myers, and now it's like Jason lives. Like we're bringing him back. It is in the title here. Uh, this is also where we have, and I'd say this is probably an argument for therapy, or maybe I don't know. Maybe this is actually some like psychotherapist told Tommy Jarvis. The only way you're going to get over this whole Jason Voorhees, like he's a dead man. He is rotting in a coffin right now. Yeah, I don't believe it until yeah. I see it with my own eyes. So let's go find out. Because he even says, I got to make sure he's dead. But here's the thing. I understand obsession, obsessions and all, but can you wait till at least it's not so bad outside? Well, un- unfortunately, you are in a Tom McLaughlin movie, my friend, and he is going to make sure you are going to get good atmospheric lightning. Mm-hmm. You're going to have the ambiance is going to be spooky and wonderfully wonderfully dreadful yeah it's old school it's like because this is when he comes alive it's totally frankenstein it's well and that's the the thing i think ultimately that saves this and does make a nice course correction is you can actually safely label this entry of friday the 13th 
as a horror comedy. Yeah, because it goes from sleazy five to it's, comedic six. It's, but it's winking at you. But it's still gory and like... It's got no. I will actually make the argument. I think actually the MPAA was mm-hmm. like hacked up more of the film than Jason did of the bodies. <laughs> like they they were notorious this time in the eighties. Um, there's so many deleted scenes of this film and a lot of cutaways. Ew. Now here you get Jason in the ground at mm-hmm. this point, and six films in, he's dead. He is a zombie. He is he's, dead. He's, he is. He's dead. He's he, just stone cold. He is, dece- he is deceased. He is rotting. You could do a Monty Python skit with him at this point. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> just knocking him on the counter and shit. So you get Tommy Jarvis, and imagine everything that Tommy Jarvis has gone through. He's gone through the original Jason. Mm-hmm. He's gone through Roy, Roy, who was inspired by Jason. Yeah. Like again, this poor kid has gone through the ringer he's gone through therapy as we saw in part five exactly i mean like look right now he sees it he's hearing like his Corey feldman self of course going at jason now again imagine a therapist you know if you go to um analyze that where you know you're supposed to punch a pillow i'm imagining somewhere they're like well maybe if you can take a steak or just pound jason to death Mm -hmm. it's really therapeutic it's cathartic you're gonna purge a lot of these demons that are in you but ultimately, and this is my the the crux of the argument here. Technically, you know who's to blame for Jason coming back? Yeah, him is Tommy Jarvis. Tommy Jarvis. His very rage Brought brings back. Yeah. Jason back. So is it's a, is it a metaphor for letting things go? Like if you don't let go of your own grief and weirdness, like it's gonna come and slash you and your friends up. Jason Voorhees is the ma- physical manifestation of that trauma. That ultimately, I don't care how many times you slash him, it just takes one bolt of lightning, and everything comes together. Just, poof, just boom, that's the trigger. Well, also at this point, how do we bring Jason back? That's the biggest thing. Well, why not? Why not lightning? Why not active nature? Because he, be, he becomes a force of nature. Well, yeah, well, that's one thing that was always nice with the films is he was always preceded by a thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very rare that he would do his hunting on dry ground. And now he's brought back via thunderstorm. Yes. Well, I guess Tommy Jarvis at this point is Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And Jason it's is... alive! <laughs> Jason's monster, or Jarvis's monster at this yeah. point. <laughs> like i really hate it when they call me jarvis i'm just his monster <laughs> jason as being the um un- does de niro play him later on <laughs> the silent undes- undeserved you know he's you know what as a socially awkward introvert i get jason you get jason i really do i really do but the fact that we do get verification with the eye opening that jason now here we go maggots and all he's like vengeance and i'm not saying that right from the get-go where my heart can't take this and lo and behold here we're gonna get a great actually they do really kick off in terms of the first kill here mm-hmm. of the film they get going pretty well because that's a you knew it was gonna happen but it was a good time jump scare and there's spider web jason oh yeah this is he should be coughing out all like sorts of nastiness shit now I'd also like to say you have a very similar jacket to one Tommy Jarvis. There. I was even just thinking that I got the Jarvis jacket. Now at this point, right now, Jason is a zombie. Mm-hmm. He is a being. He is an undead being. If this is all of a sudden, if this, if this isn't your granddad's Jason, <laughs> right? I get it. <laughs> because technically, this is the new. This is the new Jason. Yeah. This is new old Jason. New old it's Jason. Like, it's like when they bring back when Coke. new Coke and old Coke. 
It's like original flavor. Well, and they even and then the you, maggots are just dropping off him. Oh. Well, Duex Rainstorm. Mm-hmm. Well, also does uh, part two since it's the baghead is that um, is that the RC Cola of the uh, Friday Thirteenth? Wonderful ripping out of the heart. Mm-hmm. And maybe if he did have a note, <laughs> now do you and think right the, in, right in the thing? Horshack can't come in. He was uh, unfortunately had his heart ripped out by some maniac. No, none of the counselors were watching him. <laughs> Jason's Ooh, got a note from his mother. There we go. Now, how much of a great little circumstance we have the masks now and we a have weapon. a weapon and if this is here's your actual first hint that we're in for it's an entirely different, different ride. All of a sudden you see like severed heads. Like the silhouettes come up like the James Bond, like nobody lives forever. And like <laughs> the man with the golden machete. Yeah. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Well, much like the the James Bond <laughs> franchise keeps and con- continues and persists, the Friday the 13th franchise, especially in the 80s, persisted. Yeah. Some are more comical than others. Well, and this is, I think, six films in. This film had to do something different, mm-hmm. but it had to stay true to what a Friday the 13th film was. Yeah, it didn't go full comedy. It stayed squarely in the horror vein, but added a lot more comedic elements to it. And I think that's what the franchise needed, you know, six films in. If it had done another rinse and repeat mm-hmm. of a part four, I, I almost go to the argument that with like with Metallica, they always say if they didn't make the Black Album, if they made a repeat of Injustice for All, that would have been the sellout and what have you. I'm glad they went with a different direction in this film because it's such a meta comedy mm-hmm. that I think this would play on like a double bill with something like Scream. Yeah. Yes, very yeah. much so. Um, I think actually Shaun of the Dead or some some anything that is a little bit more self-aware but still plays to the tropes. Yeah of the film that it exists in. And quite honestly, when you're in a Friday the 13th film, when you have Tom Matthews of Return of the Living Dead, when you have not John Carpenter playing Sheriff Garris. Right. And, excuse me, all of the films. Not quite Howard Hessman. <laughs> uh, decapitated head of the class. There we go. <laughs> um, we You ultimately have, um, this film falls into the, the, the night of the creeps kind of tropes where a lot of the characters have um, last names of famous horror directors, mm-hmm. which, does that take you out of the film? Is that no. too much for you? No. Is that something you enjoy? I enjoy it. I, I When it's subtle like that, if it doesn't mean anything to anybody by just names, I'm like, okay, I see where you're giving your homages, you know? It's fair. Now, also, I should say, Tommy Jarvis, he's known. He, his reputation proceeds, and oh, they yeah. mentioned the fact that you're the Jarvis kid. Well, and think about it. Everywhere he's gone, murders have happened. You know? So it's like there's probable... I'm not he's saying the, he did it. We, we know, but... He's the Jessica Fletcher of the Friday the 13th yeah. universe. <laughs> yeah. If only he was blogging or actually... Now, ultimately... Did somebody ma- say... <laughs> I, now, here also, I love the fact that they're all about whitewashing the you know the crystal lake right the reputation that crystal lake has the people like tommy jarvis they carry that reputation of crystal lake do you think like in the friday the 13th world there's like true crime enthusiasts now that like we got to go to crystal lake to like they hear in- about all these murders that happened they incorporate that into jason goes to hell creighton duke right. is a product of that kind of environment i would say absolutely 
But this is where ultimately they want to get rid of that because much like the Jarvis name has the stigma, mm-hmm. you know the Voorhees name has a stigma. Oh, yeah. And as far as they know, as he was, Voorhees, Jason Voorhees was dead and in the ground. And buried until jo- Tommy Jarvis came around and fucked things up. And I don't care if you call it Camp Forest Green, you know. It's I, Crystal Lake in her hearts. That's right, yeah. A, a Camp Forest Green by any other name is still. Crystal Lake. Right? If only Shakespeare could get his hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forsooth, this not a machete. Now, the character on the right, I do believe, is Tom McLaughlin's wife. And if you notice the the, and of course, for any background information you need on this, please go and seek out the Crystal Lake Memories documentary, <laughs> uh, both on video form, streaming on Shutter, another Shutter shutout, and also there's a great coffee table book as well out there. But ultimately, they even mention, I've seen enough horror movies. To know that there's a weirdo, man. I'm getting the fuck out of town. And for all <laughs> intents and purposes, he's doing the right thing. Now, also, I guess you could argue that um, another character, go to part three, he shall not be named, but also knew of horror films <laughs> right. and the art of the prank, if you will. So, the, But this film is not only addressing it, but they're embracing it. To the point, now that guy also on the left, if I'm not mistaken, is that not the guy that um, backstabs Patrick Swayze and Ghost? Oh, yeah, his buddy. Yeah. That little scuzz. And even better, the guy that plays Willie in there, you're dead, Willie. You know who that is? Hmm. That's he's one from of, Leviathan. He's also from the Cannonball Run. If you're going to be a bear, be, be a, a grizzly. grizzly. <laughs> the connective tissues of a oh what if there was a Hal Needham shared universe with like horror genres horror of the 13th oh can can slaughterball run yeah, oh smoking in the bandit versus uh well no I don't actually want to get uh, the uh never mind <laughs> any other <laughs> but no absolutely get uh the this this eastbound down loaded up for drugging the bandit <laughs> going up <laughs> the bandit going up against Frankenstein and death you know death race there we go and of course everyone's packing in the 80s. Mm-hmm. They're but, not going to... F- <laughs> well, this is also, I should should point out, you talked about kind of the gore level. When many people think of 80s films, um, Jesus, just go back to our last film, Pieces, gory is all get out. Mm-hmm. Here, whoo, did you see how the spear veered? Yeah. She almost got skewered. For real. Yeah, that is some... <laughs> Jason's like, oh, shit, I Oops. missed... Well, you know, there's that great part in uh, the Kentucky Fried movie in Fistful of Yen when he uh, he gives a kick and he misses and he just goes, shit. <laughs> Much like Jason, you hear him laugh in part eight. If he could have just get a shit, that's going to uh, danger pay. Now, ultimately, now this is a gag inspired By for a little 80s. call and response. Yeah. yeah. Consumerism run wild. Uh, Jason takes a lot, but apparently he doesn't take that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she should. I'm going to wait till it happens. C- could you run it twice, please, Jason? Right. Really? Decline. <laughs> Jason, you know, you got to key it in. But see, he doesn't need any money. And, and here you go. There you go. Never leave home without it. Yeah, I mean, it's built in. It mm-hmm. is built in. And you know if you would have seen this at like a 42nd Street Grindhouse Theater. Never leave home without it. And everybody's <laughs> Now, this is why I love the Draft House. I love Screenland. We're very quiet. We're very, you know, very referential. But a time and place, ultimately. Now, the origin of a joke, Mm -hmm. the sheriff's daughter, the farmer's daughter, steer clear from her. If Halloween taught us anything, stay clear of the sheriff's daughter, Mm -hmm. man. She's going to get strangled. (laughs) 
but also this gives us our next collection of red shirts right. of victims of a teen fodder now do you know who, who, who he is the nephew of who speaking of uh, going back to welcome back uh, it's so weird. Well, that's, he's, he's that's a, my little nephew. He's going to get killed by Jason. He's a Travolta. He is a Travolta. So this is like six degrees of Cotter. <laughs> you know, even Bacon somehow in another. You'll be able to cross there we those. Go. Hey, everyone has six a tie Jason. to a genre film, horror, sci-fi, something you know, exploitive potentially. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. These are great films that still find an audience so many years later. Well, look when we did it for uh, Monday Mystery. when uh, We had many, a Brian a Corey from Necronomicast was with us. Yeah, we had a couple of first-timers, too. And they're like, what'd you think? Like, this movie was great. Well, and like you said, it it's refreshing because with when I, I would argue if you're going to show someone a Friday the 13th film that epitomizes everything a Friday the 13th film should be, I would show them part four. Because it's got the good gore, mm-hmm. it's got the requisite, let's face it, early 80s nudity, Right. Um, it's got one of the great Jasons, it's got a great cast. Part six is the one that I think is the most subversive mm-hmm. of them. Again, it's the course corrector, it's taken a course that ultimately could have derailed it even further. Right. I think a lot of people could have been taken aback by the fact that it is so comedic, but first and foremost, and it's in the title... We see it in the beginning. Jason's Jason back. Lives. This uh-huh. is not Roy. This is not. This, <laughs> this is, is not, not a revived Roy. Roy. Right. <laughs> Old man Carruthers. It's crazy Ralph at the end. I told you to do it. It's this guy. <laughs> and this gentleman here ultimately is going to they break, break the fourth wall. They Deadpool that shit before Deadpool did it. This film really is ahead of its time. Yeah. I mean, I know student bodies did this back in the day. But, I, but to be so blatant about it. And also to do it in a major franchise that has, I guess, technically a mythology, mm-hmm. but they never really have adhered too closely to a mythology. There's been connective tissue throughout. Well, some some folks oh, have a strange <laughs> idea of entertainment. Now imagine an eight, I should ask you, Genius Minky, do you remember the first time watching this? Huh. I... I did you really, see this in the theater? I don't remember if I did or not. I think one of my first times was a Captain USA. That would make sense. And this is what's interesting with this particular film is we went from the sleaze fest to part five. Mm-hmm. That is just, just, just nudity everywhere. Right. To this one is chased because there's no nudity. Mm-hmm. On top of that, this is also one of the few Friday the Thirteenth films set at a camp. That actually have kids. Yeah. A lot of a lot of kids. It's a functioning camp. It really is. Camp Forest Green, they're trying to get a different kind of clientele, a mm-hmm. different kind of counselor. <laughs> like they are trying to do everything. Like imagine the PR like spin that they they've it's hired quite, someone. It's not quite we do not diddle kids, it's we do not murder kids. It's exactly it's no good murdering kids. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, imagine the spin they had to put on this, though, because mm-hmm. Crystal Lake actually sounds kind of classy. It sounds wonderful. But even you know what? There's like 50 Crystal Lakes in the real world. True. You know? true. Like, so like, ooh. so if you have a camp, I again with the stigma, I wouldn't send a kid to Camp Crystal Lake. No. And today it is. And I don't care if you're at Crystal Lake or Camp Forest Green. Friday the 13th mm-hmm. is a bad day. Well, being in camp in the first place is a bad day. On the wilderness, that's where monsters happen. But you'd think, ultimately, 
And again, let's face it, people are aware at this point. If you're with the sheriff's daughter, maybe you might be safe, potentially. I'm willing to roll the dice. Yeah. Not a deal breaker. She's- and you know what? I guess I haven't seen this many kids roll out of a bus since a sleepaway camp, but thankfully we don't have him in there. <laughs> or or the bus from Freddy, and they just go in and they're like the canyon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Now, now if this doesn't scream comedy, which now I oh yeah oh good lord of course of if course this, you got nerdling or paintballing corporate paintball yeah. at this point competitive corporate paintball. Um, this was all the rage back in the day. Mm-hmm. These were these team building exercises. But what I love the fact is that well, and this is where I wish we had Dustin here because he actually was a com- he is like a professional paintballer competitive on yeah. that which I that kills me because I had a friend that used to have a paintball gun and occasionally if he was feeling like a real jerk you know the threat of being hit with a paintball was unpleasant <laughs> but ultimately something that Jason now had they been there Camp Forest Green obviously renting itself out for these kind mm-hmm. of corporate get-togethers. <laughs> right. I hope they have some good insurance. Do you think they have like Voorhe- a Voorhees? A Voorhees clause? Yes. Like in, Built into any insurance plan? Kind of like instead of Act of God, Act of Jason? That would make sense. Yeah. You know, it's like certain regions, they say flood insurance is more important mm-hmm. than like certain things. But here, it's all if Voorhees. Yeah, the Voorhees clause. Now, here in a modern-day remake... Jane Lynch plays her part. <laughs> yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. The fact they even mentioned Commando, so I'd like to think that Schwarzenegger's influence, which I think we even argued Commando kind of makes for a slasher movie oh. in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Matrix is Jason Voorhees. Is John Rambo. <laughs> dow, dow, dow. <laughs> you weren't watching them by the lake. Now this is another example here, ultimately, where wah, the wah. MPAA really did to uh, take a hacking to this particular cut because they apparently they put together a three-headed dummy that was taken out of context. All but, the Stooges. But what I like with this, but the way this is set up is Jason is kind of like a video game character where he starts with nothing, and this is he like levels up. He's leveling up at this point. He's going to achieve now grabbing a machete. And this is zombified Jason. Zombified Jason now. And then he Uh, leaves the happy face. You know, they thought it was Forrest Forrest Gump that did it, but it was... (laughs) It was was Jason Voorhees. It was Jason Voorhees. But also, he has the strength now Mm -hmm. to rip off an arm. He's setting setting up his strength level at this point. He's a big, giant zombie. He's fucking Solomon Grundy. (laughs) That's great. Actually, actually, if you could have given Jason that mop top, that white... Like just classy hair <laughs> in a suit. <laughs> I saw Jason. And he had this aura coming off of him. Ah. Now, of course, you have a nerdling. It's in the eighties. You always had, to, had have to have a nerdlinger. nerdlinger. But see, I kind of wanted the nerdlinger to win because it's goofy. Well, we're all nerdlingers, right? right? As as reprehensible as Revenge of the Nerds is, but we are nerdlinger because that would totally we're all be one way. around in the forest trying to find my bearings and shit. <laughs> If, you, if you've never been a nerdlinger, you're the bully. You're the Jason. <laughs> I think, again, if we're going to find therapy and trauma, we're going to be able to come to this. No, I, I was really hoping he'd, he'd make it. But what I like about this also is this is ultimately where Jason scores his utility belt. Yeah. Like, I thought he was going to have, like... The Jason like, Rangs, like, the, 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 the like little Sharukans that look like fucking J, like little hockey masks. Hockey masks. <laughs> 
Jason has been here. How do you know? And you just see these little Jason masks indented. <laughs> they light a little thing, a little uh, hockey mask goes up in flames. All of those things come to play. Well, you know what? That apparently Nerdlinger, his name is Roy. Of course his name is Roy. If that's anything, then they want to make sure, okay, you remember that Roy character? Remember that Roy? This ain't that Roy. We may not be able to kill the paramedic. Roy, I still think Roy got it. And go back to our comment now. Here we go. Utility belt. They totally cut away from everything. You do not see the heads fall. All of that is just cut away. Again, the MPAA is the bigger butcher than Jason. They Mm -hmm. have been throughout the 80s. Their body count is so much more. Through the seconds (laughs) of film. what? (laughs) It was a good shot, though. Yeah, it was. Dead center. See, that's that's exactly had you you get the disco theme in part three had we gotten the yakety sax manfredini cut yeah see this is where i really hope nerdlinger would win but that sure is a full-on utility belt man that really like, is like the kind you get at lowe's he's got anti-camp counselor spray in there <laughs> the jason shark repellent just in case you know <laughs> you never know he hey Guess what? He does go into the water in this one, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. You got to be careful with like lake sharks. Well, I love the fact that they're going to go ahead, escort him out of town. And at this point, he's like, no, I like you guys don't understand. Yeah, like, there's Jason's a legit out there threat out there. People. We got to save Nerdlinger. Well, this much this kind of falls into play and in very similar to part five. The whole thing is, again, is um, Tommy Jarvis, the one doing it. Right. This one will play into that initially because, of course, no one's going to believe that. And so far in this universe, there are no zombies. Mm-hmm. Jason was this something. strange thing out there. Don't say the M word. <laughs> I'm not Tom Savini. We're not doing the Savini cuts. <laughs> Again. <laughs> the, <laughs> the film it's does comical. lend itself. It really does. It really does. But so far... Scooby-Doo going across the stones it worked in part five but we've we've already got quite a bit of other body count so far mm-hmm. i'm wildly entertained like part six at this point i'm all in and this is another film much like you i don't remember the first time i saw it it was definitely a vhs rental and the, even the vhs cover do you remember with the hockey mask yeah with the light behind jason it jason lives right there in the cover Again, they want to make sure that you know Jason is back. Mm-hmm. And again, how does he come back? Now he's a zombie. What does he do as a zombie? Well, he's super strong right he's now. extra unstoppable. That's just it. Now, how do we stop him? He was hard enough to stop as a whatever he was. <laughs> right? Ah, now, here we go. His mail order scope. I don't know if that's department regulation. Well, in 19, 1986 also gave us the great uh, Cobra, mm-hmm. in which case we also had another <laughs> submachine gun with the where oh, the red light Cobra. goes. And that also actually is kind of an uh, action horror hybrid that if yeah. you like something like that, I don't know. Oh, of course, turn on this nervous guy to give him a cough syrup. If, well, of course, it's for the DTs. Now, do you do you, did you ever read about the um, the novel that went along with this film? The novelization. You think I'm far ahead? Yeah, I love that little part. <laughs> Again, editing cut, editing done right can give you genuine guffaws. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just, and it also plays against such a just the the, the gruffy old man that. Uh, you think I'm far ahead? Yeah. 
Well, also, they've actually they're going full on with the kids at this point. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah, the one no, thing. Is, yeah, and so the whole time in the back of your mind, like, are these kids gonna get fucked up? Is this sleepaway camp? You know, ooh, what if like Camp Arawak became at Crystal Lake? That would be wonderful. I would t- see. I would totally go for that because, well, ultimately, I mean, you have to. Did you ever see? Have you seen Sleepaway Camp Two? Mm-hmm. Okay, because it's been a minute, and uh, that and three, because they actually have scenes in there where she literally has a J- a, a hockey mask mm-hmm. on. They literally use a Freddy, Freddy glove, glove, and it's also the best part is the fact that it's Pamela Springsteen, the boss's <laughs> sister. Uh-huh. Um, now, could this film get possibly any more eighties? Not only is he rocking, which technically would be the current day iPod, right? The, the Walkman. Walkman. <laughs> now the kids also in this film—they're funny. They're hysterical. One sardonic as shit. <laughs> Just like <laughs> there's some really good and we going on there when they when they read the Sartre at this point. There's again some wonderful little bits of humor that I were totally lost on me growing up because when you go up. When you grow up going into a film like this, what are you looking for? You're looking for good kills. Okay. Have we got good kills so far? Oh, yeah. What else are you looking for? Um, Sometimes, like, funny shit. Have you gotten some funny stuff? I have. All right. What else are you looking for? Well, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> if it's it's a Friday slasher, the 13th movie. Right. You're going to see some nudity. Okay. Well, again. Now what, you, no. They went so far. Like, there was so much nudity in Sleaze in Part 5. I think they had to go yeah. completely the opposite. But also, and I think the movie's better for it. It is. Would you then? Can you make the argument that this might be a more family-friendly gateway Friday the Thirteenth film? Right. Cause, possibly. Because if you really, show normies, because if you think about it, there's well, and talking about gore and kills, this is one of those scenes that this was added on one. at the end where they didn't have enough kills or gore because of so many how many cuts that were done. Mm-hmm. So I, you could argue because of kind of the cleanliness of the kills they had to add more you could though but you could make this that the 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 film the first friday the 13th film that your kid family one right the family friendly like the gateway friday the 13th because at this point in danny steinman's cut the camera would have been a really too close and they would have just (laughs) right but this is the one like we how frankenhooker is the gateway hannon lauder it's like there's still like crazy kills and like it's Jason. It's a proper horror film, but it's funny and like there's good gags. Well, that's why I love this franchise because there's so many ways that you can watch them as individual films. As what I think they or I think they work best in threes, though ultimately, mm-hmm. especially if you've got some time Trilogies, invested. Yeah, and that's why I think the way you can watch them trilogy wise is so fascinating as well. That's something we've always gone back to. Um, from the first commentary track we've seen, you know, we're closing out well, like the Thomas said, Jarvie trilogy. Yeah, the tar- we're doing the last end of the Tommy tar- Jarvis. Another gag. Bottle doesn't fall. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> and also, uh, Jason's a good catch. He's also yeah, a he stickler. Is. Well, you know what? He's also a big recycler. He's like the Smokey the Bear for, no, the owl. Give a hoot. Don't pollute, you know? Only you can prevent forest fires at Camp Forest Green. Yeah, only... He, he really kills you if you see you throwing trash. They, they, if, you, if you leave your campground a mess. They take their policies very seriously here. Well, you know what? Maybe that was... Well, you know, a lot of people um, used to say that conservatives loved these films because who was it that always got punished? 
Oh, the teens. But also it was the teens that were engaging in unprotected. Premarital sex, drug use. So anything that sass mouth. The, the right apparently didn't like that they were punished for. So there was always those people that said, you know, these play, these films played big on that. But um, <laughs> a little double kill Two there. Two for one. Which is always good. Jason's all about value. He is. <laughs> he's, he's an efficient, effective killer. He is. <laughs> But no, um, the fact that, you know, there's so many different ways that you can interpret these movies. It's just, it's the beauty. Now, <laughs> where is it? Do we, oh, we didn't, we didn't see it yet. Um, but yeah, like I said, I was shocked and try like, what is going to happen when Jason eventually actually gets into contact? There, there it is. <laughs> Hell is Jason. That's what they figure out at the very end. Hell is summer camp. Yes. Now, that's another one. I, I used to be a very well-read person. And I used to read Sartre. Now, I can say I read Sartre. I completed Sartre. Did I understand Sartre? <laughs> Maybe. But I did read No Exit. And that, that's, that kid digs it. <laughs> that's his bedtime stories. <laughs> like I said, there's a lot of uh, existential stuff going on there. And again, if you aren't familiar with that, no worries. No. It's just It's like Airplane, where you get all those sight gags coming mm-hmm. at you. Just boom, 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 boom. Um, okay. So first of all, fuck this game. The uh, <laughs> it cost us the victory at Atumwa. We so at if you ever go to uh, Tag of the Killer podcast, they put on this really awesome convention, uh, Halloween to Palooza, and um, Insane Mike has this trivia. And <laughs> at one point in the round, he plays Camp Blood. Okay. And she sprawls out this thing where you have she puts the uh, he puts the uh, jack of hearts or jack of spades in one of the four decks. And if you pick the deck, then you get twice as much points. But if you get killed by Jason, you lose half your points. And so we were in the lead and Diana. So, you know, she got it afterwards. She picked up there's Jason and like then we lost him like you fucking lousy goon, you know, and so like. That would have been me. That would guarantee you I would have pulled the Jason. That's the way it works. It happens. Um, now, what I like here is they get the fact that they're talking about they've seen a monster. We know something's out there. We're in the position where we know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Are we scared at this point? Is this a scary movie? No. Okay. I, but there's but is dread. This, but is this something, though, if, again, if you showed a younger kid as a gateway film, would this potentially scare them? Because if you go back, we talked about Tommy Jarvis in part four being our surrogate. They've got a bazillion surrogates at this point. There is. It, it's not scary as in, like, raw, but there are feelings of dread. There's times where you worry about the kids and you and you and you're like, oh, I hope these people don't die because. For all intents and purposes, they're good counselors. They're doing their job. Of course, of course. And we've never come this far advanced into a camp. It's always putting it together Mm -hmm. just before it gets started. Here we are full-fledged in it. And I'm just going to say Sissy's outfit. I don't know. I've always, the the side ponytail, but that kind of an outfit, it's a Pavlovian. It's extra 80s. Yeah, I'm going to shift a little here. And an 86, oh, Lord have mercy. (laughs) Now, again, back in Danny Steinman's, Friday the 13th, this, this would have been, been much more graphic. Full penetration. And but now the only boobs we see are his. Yes, yeah, yes. this is equal opportunity nudity. Yeah. Uh, Darcy DeMoss also, now she... <laughs> Five more minutes. Five, ten more minutes! She also, hold on here, as portrayed by Nikki, she was also in Can't Buy Me Love. 
Uh-huh. And that's what I'm thinking of. Well, that's what I love with these films. Like I said, is they're littered with a lot of these actors that you would just see in all these 80s films, yeah. whether they were Can't Buy Me Love or whether they are other horror films. But this is also where a, a recreational vehicle comes into play, <laughs> yep. not only in the film, but behind the scenes as well, apparently. And this also arguably gives us, I would say, one of the best kills of the movie. Yeah, I dig this kill. Um, but no, this, this is like the new waterbed in the gym. Well, and I guess I should say, I mentioned before in the pieces thing, I never talked about the fact that for, from like middle school into high school, I slept on a waterbed. Oh, you did? I literally did. Like, so I really, like when I said I knew the bliss of sleeping on a waterbed, I, I really knew the bliss. <laughs> oh, I should say, I didn't know the difference. I always just had one for some reason, but no, waterbeds were all over the place as were, and this was something that, and you notice they've got the little fuzzy dice of up there. Of course. Of course. This is a well-traveled you RV. You know, you know somewhere there's the hula girl. Of course there's a hula girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think that just comes with the starter pack I with the so RV. Too. Now, if you buy an RV in the Camp Crystal Lake or Forest Green area. You don't get the Voorhees insurance. Is there a Voorhees starter kit, like a repellent of some sort? I... Like, you know how, like, you know, let's, if you're doing the sex right, and I'm going to say the sex is to not creep anyone out, but, you know, sometimes there's an odor or a musk that, you know, people yeah. say. stank. Do you think that with, with, like, the Voorhees, there's, like, something to, like, it's, like, a neutralizer of that? Like, stank like, be gone? Like, afterward, like, you know, if you have the a bad afterglow. bowel movement. Yeah. yeah, like, the poopery, but for, like, stank? Like... <laughs> It's like I'd like to say and bask mm. in the afterglow of our coitus, but yeah. I need to go and put on the uh, the Voorhees <laughs> repellent. Hit me, baby! <laughs> I'm telling you, there's like there's probably a lucrative it's a Voorhees it's aftermarket a in, in, in the mask form. That's what it is. But you got to make sure you have the generator on. That's their mistake. They didn't have the generator on. Right. Um, they didn't spray that. God, what else would be in the, the your like the Voorhees Jason. repellent starter kit? You couldn't have any flares because he'd always just throw them in your mouth. Throw them, yeah, yeah. Maybe some like fireworks to distract him over there. Pop, 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 or or, or ooh, those blow up clowns. <laughs> What's it from? Uh, Zombies ate my neighbors. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it does work on the Voorhees yeah. character in the movie. Nice pull there, my friend. <laughs> that's another one. If you've never played it, um, it was that on the Super is, Nintendo. That's so much fun. One of the best games. It's also got one of the greatest scores I've ever mm-hmm. seen. Like if we if that ever came out on vinyl, I would buy it so we could do a what's the score for that one because it's phenomenal. Uh, we have what spent if it's that guy Jason quite a long time with them at this point. A lot of fake outs at this point. There's some there's come craft in the scares. Yeah, and the fact that at this point. Jason has kind of given him a little rope a dope. He surprise. He's l- like, lured them outside so he can hide in their van. He technically, you know what he pulled? He pulled a gecko brother because he's technically hiding in the bathroom. That's true. Everybody be cool. You be cool. <laughs> Just oh ooh ooh no. Now I'm imagine like um Richie. It's actually would he be Jason Gecko at this point? The oh, other yeah. gecko there brother. Mm hmm. No, they he winds up at the titty twister. <laughs> Oh, Jason, Jason, Jason. Come on in, Jason lovers. We're slashing counselors here. <laughs> we got wet, Jason. Dry, Jason. Zombie, yeah. Jason. Whew. I was afraid you were going to go there. I was like, no, please don't, man. Please. <laughs> now, technically, you have to, as, as we learned. rock. We, we haven't even talked about the fantastic Alice Cooper song mm-hmm. that goes along with this film. With this scene. With this scene. Oh, but he's back. He's the man behind the mask. 
Now he is he's got actually actually both of them have the most fantastically eighties quad whoops. This kill This is a wonderfully rivals, creative rivals the uh, uh sleeping bag kill. Yeah, and, and, the, and the, the nitroglycian. Um, mm-hmm. Because when it comes to like horrible face trauma. This is a great kill. It is, but also in true with the film, oddly humorous as well. Mm-hmm. Like and, this is like not bloodless. Oh yeah, and totally one of the imagination as well. And I will say, and I think they've even mentioned it before, that sometimes the MPA and the cuts they want, sometimes that makes you have to be a little bit more creative with it. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. No gore. We really saw, technically saw nothing. It was a good kill, too. And one that will inspire laughter. Mm-hmm. Whether And it, that's what's great with this is not only do you get um, the meta comedy in breaking the fourth wall again the humor but the kills the themselves kills are funny. now this one isn't funny in fact this is a pretty gnarly kill that i think given a few years ago we would have probably seen a little bit more i'm a teenage frankenstein yeah it's so good here comes and jason at this point he's a zombie so he doesn't necessarily have to He'll worry about fuck. this but that kind of ooh. ooh. now look for there was a cooler on top of the RV there that apparently a problematic producer. There it is. Yep. A problematic producer on the film. Uh, people had, apparently the entire crew had issues with him. So unbeknownst to him, they put that on top of the RV and they had one chance to get the shot. But I would love this shot here uh-huh. where Jason comes out like a big old victory. Over like, the wreckage. Like he's just slain Look at this, this beast, big beast I fell. Yeah. Like, that's a great epic shot. That and then is... that whole... Bam, bam, bam. You know what? And actually, Manfredini's score in this one, because of the gothic feel that McLaughlin really mm-hmm. gives in the, the movie, he kind of adds that to the score as well. This is one of those that... I'm not going to say that every Friday the 13th score is the same. There's always some subtle differences, but Flavor. there's a lot of repeated themes. Mm-hmm. This one, he does add kind of a gothic feel to it, which I always thought was nice to it. Now, you know your your town is low rent when the sheriff's daughter will answer the phone to the sheriff's office to mm-hmm. report something, and that's, you know, not uncommon. Right. I've always liked her. She's been one of my favorite final girls. She's delightful. She, her, her and Tommy Jarvis, I think, make one of the better duos in the franchise. And actually, I would even argue one of the better duos in the 80s for the most part. I would say actually underrated, underrepresented. They definitely as the sheriff's daughter. It's the sheriff's daughter, man. They do it by the book. It's a, <laughs> Kathleen Kinmont taught us anything. <laughs> now, what I like is, again, Jason was real. He was a madman, slaughtered a bunch of people, but a legend, a mm-hmm. cautionary tale. Right. Obviously, if you had a copycat or someone that wanted to take on the mantle of Jason, it would be very easy. Yeah, especially so, if it's one that has first-hand connection of the show. And it's happened before. Mm-hmm. Roy happened. So this is it's not Jason. It's never going to be Jason. No, Why Tommy would it be Jar- Jason? It's Tommy Jarvis up to his old shit. Of course it's Tommy Jarvis. Look at all the look Dead at all the things alive. he's got here. I'm surprised he didn't have the goddamn Necronomicon in there. Just wait till Jason lives. Exactly. Or no, I should say uh, Jason goes to hell. He's going to have it's he also got the book on tape, so it's like to summon demons, press rewind. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Go back to our scoring with Satan episode there. There was no Latin in this film, so we had no real reason to be afraid at this point. Right. Although he's pretty big and scary. Well, you know, we've talked about doing the Freddy and doing the Pinker or the Horus. 
What's the Jason? Do the Voorhees. Is it just a slow, steady... You know, which which Peanuts character is the one that just does the... <laughs> kind of the back and forth like yeah. that? Yeah, what is his name? Just He's in green. I can see him. He's like... It's not Franklin, is it, or no, anything Franklin, like that? No, it's not I'm Franklin. Tra- but it's it's ultimately... But Jason, that's one of... It's a very minimal movement. <laughs> he, just a, does, he just taps his toe. But he's always got his machete in his hand. So you mm-hmm. can't be in good space with him. You know, they say... What do they say? Uh, three feet for the Lord. Well, with Jason, it's three feet for the machete. <laughs> the machete. <laughs> it's like we're keeping you at this distance for a reason here. Now I'm just picturing like him like breaking it down, popping and locking fucking spinneroonies and shit. You know? Like all well, b-boying it out. And it's always the quiet introvert that occasionally they break it out, they break out the dance. Fucking... It's like he's got his cardboard ready to go, mm-hmm. you know. And actually the max the mask, he actually shines it up a little bit more for a show. Right. Bedazzles it. <laughs> Oh, He's in front of Karloff's Hardware. Ah, yes. Better than the Craven, is it? Yeah. Well, the, there are going to be little bits and pieces like that. Like I said, if quite honestly, if you're not looking for that, normal people probably don't look for things like that. Horror geeks like us. We, get, we, we dig it. Well, that's the stuff that back in the day, I, I will even go back to the um, in Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, when you would um, they'd show the necklace and it was always in the shape of a skull. Mm-hmm. Before he'd grab it, that was little things like that before the internet, that things that we identified. Now, Jason's probably like, wait, Forrest, hold on. Did, Where am I? I would have appreciated the moment of him looking around maybe and like, wait a minute. Oh, fuck. He just <laughs> cocks his head to the side like Michael like Myers. Like Michael Myers. Well, you know, Jason doesn't have, well, he does have JPS at this point. There we go. Which is very effective. Um, now, here we, we realize we do have a body count. Um, it's established. But, of course, they're going to be looking for Jarvis. Uh, who done it in a way kind, kind of, of sort of kind of there's red hair well we know who done it well and the, but it, like that's the beauty of the friday the 13th film is the audience is always in on it at mm-hmm. this point uh but at this point are we invested enough in the characters that we want to be around them when they ultimately find out because we still have quite a few people um <laughs> poor <we're> nerdlinger gonna... <laughs> well, there's a little bit of nerdlinger there well apparently that bra bomb did work it did boom too well <laughs> you know what a bra bomb would enrage Jason, though? Right. Lingerie. <laughs> Jason's the crusty Dean. <laughs> hey there, Dean Voorhees. Sank. Let's <laughs> go around stabbing He him. hates Pledge Week and Prank Weeks. <laughs> Friday the 13th is a you know nationally recognized day on campus. When the when the lambdas or something get kicked out or the frat, he just like, that's what he does. He just psh, turns off the power just like he did. Minute Play. Did you ever subscribe to Minute Play magazine there, Genius? That sounds like something you could put on a special list for quite often. In fact, right? I sh- we shouldn't even mention it on air. <laughs> no, I've never subscribed to Minute Play. Boy's <laughs> Life was as close as I got. I was a Man at Work fan myself, so <laughs> apparently... Land Down Under? <laughs> <laughs> um, another couple of kills we've got coming up here. And ultimately, uh, a very sad... This is actually one that... Oh, no, this is the twit with a twist, if I remember right. We get another off-screen kill, but you get the the punch and Judy kill. Yeah, it's 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 pretty rough. Um, but we have Jason at this point, and much like we'd kind of joked about occasionally, like um, with uh, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, through his viewpoint, becomes a home invasion film. Right. With Jason Voorhees, every time he is killed and carted off somewhere he always comes back home yeah 
to find someone. Somebody's in here, god damn it. They renamed his home. Yeah, exactly. Like he's like, did I have a vote in this? Where's I've been the Voorhees like vote? Five years and I come back and everything's fucked up. You know? For him, we don't know how long it was. It it's like there's like a, a coffee minute. shop over here. It's like, really, are you trying to gentrify? Two Starbucks? Why does Crystal Lake need two Starbucks? He's all pissed off. You see, you know, Jason actually is against gentrification. You know what? There should have been a meeting at this point. There should have been a Voorhees vote, sincerely. The Voorhees vote. Well, again, there's a Voorhees clause. Right. The Voorhees vote. You cannot take the Crystal Lake. The, the Voorhees themselves have been part of Crystal Lake. I'd like to think that they were on, like, the boat of, you know, from Plymouth. There was a Voorhees there's on there. There's always been a Voorhees in Crystal Lake. There'll always be a Voorhees in Crystal Lake. Like, that's the mythology they could have gone for. Well, it's it still kind of is. There'll always be a Voorhees in Crystal Lake. Turns out you actually need a, um, a, a like a, a specialized ah. hatchet with a rock from Plymouth Rock to actually, you know, take them down. Nice little kill. Mm-hmm. A nice little head twister. But there was a little comical joke right in between because... The shoes come off. And that is kind of nice. That's funny. Actually, maybe a nod to Black Christmas itself. I think it's a nod to Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah. What if uh, Joe Dante had directed Jason Lives? Oh, man, that had been crazy. He would have, like, because it would have Looney Tuned it up. I mean, like, he would probably have some a piano drop on somebody's head or something. You know? <laughs> Jason buys direct from Acme. There we go. He's, it's like you and uh, that rap that uh, Jason Voorhees, that Wiley Coyote genius. You see Tommy Jarvis beep beep, and he tears out. <laughs> I, you know, if we have talented uh, artists out there, could we see Tommy Jarvis as a Road Runner and Jason Voorhees as a Wiley <laughs> Coyote? You see Jason Voorhees attached himself to rocket skis to cross the lake. Well, what I like about this particular film, and actually technically, um, as we're seeing in this scene, is Jason, he has a code. That's yeah, something that, kids. and you, that's something that, well now, imagine as a kid at camp, Seeing and you see that. that. Speeding? What? As a matter of fact, I am. Thank you. Do you think they like gave this uh, the the script to the the uh, Zucker brothers and like could you give us a little run by on Falling like rocks ahead and then there's like fake rocks? No, it's the Pee Wee. That's what it is. It's the Pee Wee thing. Like now, gratuitous, but this not is about nudity. Again, had this been Danny Steinman, that shot would have been completely different. Should have been wearing a skirt. Yes, it would have been something a little bit more in your face. You bang. <laughs> but she's only kind of enhancing the whole sheriff's, sheriff's daughter. daughter. Yeah, Megan hey, Garris. Your daughter's running around with that Jarvis kid. That mustache is on point. Mm-hmm. The whole enchilada. The damn enchilada. Always enchiladas in part five and six. Two <laughs> enchilada references, actually. Cunningham must have an enchilada clause in the... Turns out there's actually a really dope me- Mexican restaurant in Camp Crystal Lake. The Voorhees. <laughs> the Voorhees. The tortillas look like Jason masks. They just cut them out. They just cut out little holes like they did in uh, Jason Goes to Hell. I was going to say. The meat. Yeah. That's, it's, it's been there, done that. Merchandising. <laughs> well, I'm looking at some of my facts here of the film. Um, special effects works. Uh, Gabe Bartolis worked on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabe Bartolis, who actually designed the Aylmer from Brain Damage. Hey. So if you see so if you see something see scaly light. and texture, yes, listen to the light down at the lake. Um, 
We've got um, man, I'm gothic sensible. Oh, one of the more interesting. <laughs> The fact that she's an agent of her own shenanigans. Right? And she's like, <laughs> it's going to be a hair. Oh, boy. Well, it was <laughs> 1986. Another time. Another place. Truly. <laughs> Forget the side ponytail, my friend. Oh, man. Um, one of the interesting uh, facts about Tom McLaughlin is that, number one, he was a mime. <laughs> And the, then the head up. Whoop. This is easily could have been shenanigans. What I like is we've seen this shot before, especially in Blood Rage. The uh, the the cutting device in the foreground with a nice little. Mm-hmm. It's she opens the door. Todd, what are you doing here? No, <laughs> I'm oh, Jason. No. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <sighs> Go back to our Blood Rage commentary. Just glorious. Um, no, this is the one. Actually, I think this is the off kill. But we see where this is the, the the after scene here is where like the the new guy would have been in the corner puking. puking. It's like one of those kind of oh scenes. Oh my god! <laughs> there we go. No, this is a bit of the uh, we get a little. <laughs> Angelo, what'd you get that from? <laughs> uh-huh. Excuse me. That's got to be terrifying, though. You see a bloody... Anyway, right now I see a bloody knife, and I'm like, something bad's going on. There's some ill shit. There are pranks, and then there's Jason. (laughs) Jason doesn't shine to those shenanigans. Do you think, ultimately... He's all business. If they had just cleared... like, If they would have just made this a people-free zone, Jason would be almost like in the wilderness. If you you stay out of his area... Like a mountain man? Yes. He's the Grizzly Adams of their time. Just leave him alone. Let him exist in nature. He doesn't bother us. We don't bother him. Right. Maybe just cordon off a square mile around his hut. Well, do you think we could live, like, coexist with, with Jason? Jason? As long as he doesn't get in the trash, we should be fine. <laughs> he's, scr- he's scrounging he's, again. There's well, all these dead bodies everywhere. He's just more of a nuisance. He's like a, you know, a panda. <laughs> You start calling him to like derogatory names like Trash Jason or Scat Boy, he's Scat, <laughs> spraying him with a little spray bottle. <laughs> See, that away. could be the plight of Jason, where eventually, much like they've always talked about those nightmares on Elm Street films, where Jason or Freddy loses his like power mm-hmm. in the dream world. So maybe there's a world where Jason is just so pathetic that eventually he's just a nuisance and he's got to get his groove back. The Jason repellent actually works. It does work. <laughs> People are seeking him out, and he's just he's being bullied by everyone. <laughs> You see him in a corner huddling. <laughs> Where's your utility belt now, Jason? Is your mommy gonna save you? Gonna cry again. You know, people people were pretty cruel, you can only assume. It was the eighties. <laughs> yeah. There was no anti bullying in the eighties. No there were, were pro bullying in they the eighties. They were based very much turn your head and just let it happen. It was it was actually basically social Darwinism in high school and middle school. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was totally survival of the fittest. J- and Jason was like the ultimate like bully. Uh, he was. He was, he was captain of the football team. He was top of the food chain though. Yeah, he was. And especially now with Zombie Jason, there. Well, also the fact that we're trying to be- get a um, an alibi here for for Mr. Jarvis. It makes sense. He was me. Ooh, the with the, the sheriff's daughter. the truth that you don't want to hear, Sheriff Garris. Maybe if your hair was as fine as the man you were being named after, quaff it up. Oh goddamn, Mick Garrison, his hair! I swear that is just beyond fine. Whether it's short, long, 
in the in between. Well, it's here's just the good. thing: the sh- bad on the sheriff for not like. I mean, the time fits. The alibi fits, mm-hmm. so he's like, "Fuck, I'm throwing that." But that also introduces the fact that if that if it's not Jarvis, then who and what is it? Mm-hmm. Like, do I have to like come to the fact that Jason Voorhees is an actual zombie? Come on now, again in this environment, five films in, there are no zombies. We have not yeah. introduced that at all, except for in your mind, you know, Just when they jump out of kid. the sc- out of the water or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. It's just now, this technically. Is is Jason a God fearing man when he does hear a prayer eventually? <laughs> he doesn't like he doesn't like shudder. I just think I don't think the prayer works because like nice little scare there. Because mm-hmm. he's not kill, he's not looking for the kid. C.J. Graham is Jason in this film. Where does he rank in your pantheon? Pretty good. Yeah, he's a good Jason. He's, he's got, got a good, good presence because he's not overly bulky. No, but he's, he can. Like right there, he's stalky. That's some good stalking. Yeah, as he's we... a stalky stalker. Yeah, he's, he's. I wouldn't fuck with them. And this is actually <laughs> the mirror. Next thing you know, she turns around, she moves her hand, and then he moves his hand, and then, and then she moves his hand again, and then like dance around. Pulls and then out she's dick. like, ha! And then like just stabs her. <laughs> again, Joe Dante's <laughs> Jason lives. That's exactly what we would have had happen. <laughs> and he would have had Scott Carl Stallings scoring it instead of a Henry Manfredini. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, my, my, my folks, you know, like. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of this film. The fact, and actually, the fact that they gave um, then part seven to the late great um, John Carl Beekler, as they were at this point being able to give films to someone, hopefully, to give it their own kind of style and mm-hmm. take on it. Um, of course, then we get to, you know, and again, every film has its favor, but even by part eight, it just, it, it, you had to do something different. Yeah. And I've, I've made the argument many times. I think this series, this franchise existed and thrived in the eighties because it was very much a product of its time. And I don't think it necessarily needs to exist now. I think that it can inspire a new film mm-hmm. with its kind of tropes and takes and spirit, but I don't know if we need another Friday the 13th. I don't know. There's some good stuff that's coming out. I mean, like, what was that fan film that came out? Well, that the... was phenomenal, actually. Mm-hmm. And I, I need to look up the... There's the, more stories. Ve- Friday the 13th, Vengeance. Yeah. There's still... People are going to f- go in the woods and get stabbed up by a monster or a creature. Might as well be Jason Voorhees. Let him get the get, get his mojo back. And maybe that's what they need to address, is that this is something that was relevant 30 years ago and kids now they look at terrors differently they won't watch films that are 30 years old at this point that is old that is not relevant anymore mm-hmm. how do you make jason relevant that's why i think actually if you want a film that i think should be remade shocker oh hell yeah shocker nowadays shocker on the internet shot oh horse pinker in your in iphone your, in your twitter for your yeah <laughs> hashtag pinker <laughs> but i think it's a film that like that would m- make sense as a remake i don't think we need anything like this at this point off-screen kill now a great splatter coming up wait for it wait for it there you go there you go and then the gr- boosh and then at insult get back in here i ain't done with you not as much sugar glass in this budget as no. part four no, not a lot at all. I think that's the first thing they looked at. It's like, man, where'd the budget for what? the sugar glass go? Man, what happened? Blew it all in part four. Like, uh, good news. If we use the same sugar glass, 
recycled, <laughs> right? We can keep on going and add more. We can afford this expensive scope. Well, this is actually one of the few films that we don't have any dog violence, which is nice. Yeah. Boar. But this is also a film where our protagonist has stayed behind bars quite a bit of the time mm-hmm. for the most part, <laughs> which is kind of interesting if you think about because technically it is their movie. You know, as a duo yeah. and as a Friday the 13th film, it is always it's, a Jarvis thing, but... It's the Jason and Jarvis and the Sheriff's <laughs> Daughter show. But I like the way that they outsmart this guy because he's he's always been kind he's, of deputy douchebag. He's not the bright... Yeah, well, you know, again, uh, Forest Green, Crystal Lake, what have you, they don't have the best people on file there. No, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, how could you make it up uh, another relevant thing? I would maybe. Everyone says, you know what you do is you just make it made in the 80s. You set it in the 80s. You shoot it a la Ty West, House of the Devil. You make something that's kind of a period piece. Because like I said. You could attack. You know what? You could do like a deforestation like Jason versus loggers. Well, he's always been a force of nature. So I would work within that. Or even better. They kind of did it. Now, here we go. A little forbidden, really. Mm, a, a, a joke starts here. Kissing between the bars. Something along those lines. And also passing a little. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Shenanigans. But, you know, Jason is a force of nature in and of himself. I think you could potentially make that work. Like you said. <laughs> Don't clown around. Ha, zing. We're really getting our money's worth on the gun with, with the red light. <laughs> I think ultimately. Goes. You bang. You bang. That's the second time that that's come up, and third time because of the intro. Mm-hmm. No, no, this is the third time that you bang. Came okay, up. so four times then. Good. That could have been a drinking game in mm-hmm. this film. How many you bangs? You get a lot of four bangs for your buck. Ah! But let us not uh, underestimate the fact that the Cobra poster inspired a Wolf Cop poster. Uh huh. Wolf Cop having uh, its very DNA Wolf in the Cop. podcast. You bang. <laughs> But now at this point, thankfully, Tommy can go after Jason. Now With the we sheriff's can, daughter in tow. Yeah, well, of course you you need that. That's uh, if you're going out and up as a uh, going up against Jason, you need as you, much help as you can get. Now you need to get the red jacket off of her though, right away though, because that is just a foreboding thing. You don't do that to be successful in these films. And again, people are aware of what kind of film they're in at this point, except for Tommy. At this point, he's played his character has pretty much been played straight. straight. 100%. He's like Jason. He's all business. <laughs> everything else around them is cartoons. I mean, everything. It's sh- Sheriff's daughter and all in her, in her cherry red car. You know? I mean, like, everything's been cartoons. And so you got the two main characters, the villain playing it straight, even though he's trying to do the mirror. <laughs> I can totally see if it's like a Scooby-Doo Jason. That's what needs to happen. Robot Chicken, if you haven't made that sketch, or sketch, that's definitely one you should make because I do think that's genuinely funny on that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, lowest grossing. Oh, interesting. This actually, part six, had the lowest grossing weekend really? of all the films. Well, I, there's probably Friday 
fan franchise fatigue, like literal franchise fatigue like, at that uh, point. Another another Friday the third. Because this is part six. I mean, like, look when Saw comes out. It's like, uh, another Saw one, you know? Well, and and they were popping them out year after year. And it was just, and because they made money. And even though the one this was probably the lowest grossing, it probably still made them a lot of money. See, if this movie was made now, like, Jason probably just go to town on those kids. Do you think there would be kid violence? Well, maybe, maybe. But look at this at this point. Even Especially the way he's Stephen King's Jason Voorhees, and the way he shot, like I guess it's been a while since I have seen this, but he is genuinely terrifying. Mm-hmm. And they let the horror play really well when that little turn with the music, and then say your prayers, kid. And the ultimate thing is like, you're wondering, is he going to kill these kids? Woody? Because this is the. He, we know he would kill Tommy Jarvis, you know? That's true. That's true. Because he was ready to kill Tommy Jarvis when he was a kid. And that, tell me that's not terrifying. Like, that's genuine. The the, mm-hmm. cr- the close creep in like that. Like and we, he's still like... <sighs> zeroing in. And even the body language there, like, that's genuinely good. See, I think... Because he heard, I don't think he would have killed those kids, but I think he would have like, give him a scare. Yeah. Do, you, do you, can he differentiate between giving a scare and just killing? Boo. Boo. No, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he, it was a goof. I'm sorry. Maybe he would have fucked those kids up if they he didn't hear those shenanigan noises. You know. God damn, that guy's vain. <laughs> it's that mustache too. That mustache. You can I'm set your watch by that. Good look. <laughs> Arctic Jason Voorhees, Bob. <laughs> Bad for your heart. Jason Voorhees versus Dicka. And yeah. Dicka by seven. Look at that. <laughs> blood everywhere. It's like eight people got killed. Again, new guys in the corner puking over there. That's one of those scenes, but given to you in kind of a cool way. I liked mm-hmm. it. I liked it. Again, if you don't, you it, the after effect is not a bad thing per se on that. Now we are... An hour and five minutes in, we're definitely going into the the third the, act at the this point. Round. And what's great is what's coming up in this film. And you have to remember, it's in the very name Camp Crystal Lake. What is Jason around a lot? What was he raised in? Right, he water. died in water. He right, knows how to swim, and he's a zombie, so he didn't give a fuck anymore. <sighs> and there's his shuriken. There's him. There, 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 there's the Jason shuriken. <laughs> he's a ninja. Hi, just. And then he vanishes. Dude, would he have a... Okay, now, his smoke bomb, what would be more... Something Jason. more natural? Yeah, that's... Whatever it is, it leaves with a nice minty scent, right. you know, for the forest. No, it's just a bunch of, like, trees pop up, and he just kind of disappears. It's actually a bunch of uh, needles, and he just throws them at you, and it blinds you. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, ow, ow. Oh, no, or pine needles. That's what it is. He's got a... <laughs> And then he disappears. And much like some of the uh, the old 80s ninja, especially on canon films, uh, a lot of the ninjas themselves played like slashers and how mm-hmm. they took people out. Um, we've talked about it before in um, Rambo First Blood Part 2. You can literally switch out the Jerry Goldsmith score for the Manfredini and certain parts. It works. 
and it plays like Rambo is Jason. Because we did it. We did like we did the, do we, that. We did it. We did the the uh, Dark Side of the Moon Wizard of Oz thing to Manfredini. <laughs> And it totally works. Well, and it's funny. You forget how much of you talk about, you know, stuff being in the podcast of the DNA, but how much Jason Voorhees and Friday the 13th was in the popular consciousness of everyone. Right. Like how many kids in 1986 were dressing up as Jason for Halloween? If you show normies who's never even seen a horror movie, a hockey mask, they'll know they know Jason something to do. Yeah. They're like Jason or something, but they know that it's ill shit. And that's why, like, he, Freddie, Michael, they're up on the the Mount Rushmore of 80s or modern horror villains because if a normie knows you, you've made it. Mm-hmm. See, Again, you, more sound potential. design. Yeah. Again, there's now that being said, you want to talk about potential and then achieving and, and the potential. Sound design, yeah. The sheriff's kill in this one, it's I gloriously gory. It's and not no, gory. It's, it's, but it's in the it sound. sounds, and also just how it's it's shot. It's what it's an old fashioned, good old fashioned special effect. Um, that, like I said, there's some top three, top. No, I would say top two in the top ten kills. I think you could come from this film mm-hmm. because that's what. Excuse me. Sorry. Oops. There's an Erica Belch there. Uh, shout out to Eric Kaufman. Uh, what I love about the, the films is, number one, you can always like rank them depending on your mood, mm-hmm. but then you can always talk about, well, what are the top kills, kills. in the franchise? Yeah. And thankfully, we've been able to a couple... Oh. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> There's actually the little kid coming up here, the uh, what were you going to be when you grew up? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Great line. Such a great line. And here we we're getting basically to the last stand at this point. Basically, everyone's almost, almost all of the adult characters dead. are gone. And there's your yeah. mustachioed deputy. Your deputy forces are nothing next to Jason. Such insolence. <laughs> now, you should just start blasting right then and there. Of course. Of course. But also, let's face it. There's the legend of Jason. You're seeing this. Now, we know that a guy dressed up as Jason. So, ultimately... I'm going to just mow him. There you go. You gave him a chance. Yep. He made the first move. (laughs) He drew first blood. Now, potentially, as we knew in Terminator, he might have a flat jacket, flak jacket. He might be on PCP. Double tap. You need a double tap. Always double tap. I believe uh, Zombieland taught us that correct. Mm -hmm. And that's another meta movie as a horror comedy. Arr, he loves doing that raw. A little nod to part three. He does do that a lot. Well, that's kind of his greatest hits move. Does he shoot him six times? One, two, three, four. Nope. No, but at this point, we have to realize zombie Jason is the real deal. Like, you can't kill him with bullets. I shot him eight times. <laughs> Even a headshot. Jason's like, fuck you, dude. And yeah. here we get a staple in your Friday the 13th film. If he, if Jason, if he's not chasing down someone where he gets to do his, his, do the Voorhees. Oh, 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 oh. No, <laughs> it's, it's the laugh from the ha ha ha. That would, I, if you guys don't remember that in, in Jason goes to Manhattan, he laughs uh-huh. several times in the mm-hmm. movie. And we even went back and like subtitled, and it was like, "Ha ha, it is ridiculous." Do the Voorhees. 
<laughs> but whatever you do the Voorhees, as long as you're consistent, you'll always maintain. Mm-hmm. He's actually kind of the hare and the tortoise in the No, the tortoise of the tortoise and the hare. Slow and steady, baby. Exactly. When you shuffle in the woods and you wind up doing good, it's the Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> that's sorry. It's that subtle. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. It's compared to the normal, the the riotous Freddy. It's just it's a nice contrast. That's all I'm saying. That's why it tickled me so much. I think because <laughs> if you if you if you've ever seen, if you guys know genius, he is he's not a very um, subtle so person. Subtle. No, so <laughs> that's nice to see occasionally. It is Jason. But it is Jason Jason doing his own little thing, which is nice. Um, Also, in terms of like putting together a plan, in terms of putting Jason down, yeah, he realized at this point if he is a zombie, we can't kill him. So let's just try to like incapacitate him permanently. Not a bad idea with this, but it actually technically a boulder and a chain. Chain. It's like one step away from sealing him in. Now I see Jason like they seal him in the thing. They they put him up there. Next thing you know, hello my baby, hello my darling. Like we're all dead meat. It's great, but it's very like you could see like he's like writing up like one of those um Rube Goldberg. But all of a sudden you hear Jason like there's a big X on the floor like he has to be right there fucking powerhouse as Henry as done by Henry Manfredini there we go little call back to the decapitation not too terribly bad no but Jason places he's got interesting placement but also this is a nice little pull out shot here mm-hmm. let us not forget that you know with Tom McLaughlin um, uh, Zito they all brought some nice little flair some flair to yeah. the styles now here it Dude. is a uh, real dead meat there it is what were you gonna be when you grew up ah <laughs> <laughs> a great line that I guess I appreciate more now out of the mouths of babes <laughs> Uh-oh. But we get to Jason get to go full Jason at this uh-huh. point. And of course a good actually nice take down here but he should have gotten down He's to the mat him and, up, right? Just like Well, he tried to do a couple of those De Niro kicks, which I'll give total credit to the We Hate Movies with the De Niro kick and what it is cuz everyone knows what the De Niro kick is. But if he can survive like point like that kind of blood Shot. trauma. Hey, you got to try something, but then oh <sighs> You know what? I'll be honest. Sometimes I go to a chiropractor and I want that to be done to me. I ain't even going to lie. You say, give me the Sheriff Garris. Yeah, give me the Garris. Give me the Garris. <laughs> now, that is a Conan-sized rock, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, but... Release the release the rock of shame. Attach the rock of victory. That kind of rock is what they used on the grind at the Wheel of Pain, okay? I'm not joking. Ah, Jason laughs at your phone wind. <laughs> Jason, what's best in life? <laughs> when you're heading <laughs> sorry no we're sorry folks in the podcast world that are not watching along with this one but it's just that just cracks me up and the fact that also here in a minute shit talking to jason right like literally calling him the p word here it's so weird and oh yeah <laughs> I love how Jason Kool-Aid man's the kids. See, I think he's going to fuck those kids up. I think he's... 
He's revving up. He's revving up. <laughs> he's I... gonna he's gonna go full like Anakin Skywalker on them, man. He's <laughs> Jason took out the younglings. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a little fun. He's ready to Kool Aid, and he's going back to his little his his main move there in a pinch. Mm-hmm. I can squeeze someone's head. Yep. Do you think he? And that's like his like. Freddy, you moment. He goes, oh, fuck you, Jarvis. Well, speaking of part three of Dream Warriors, um, Kincaid also calls Freddy a P word. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, check it out. When you're heading around the camp and you get a little damp, it's the Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so this is to totally disprove Freddy versus Jason. I know people had a problem with that. God damn it. And again, I understand that. I'm so, I'm, (laughs) man, that laugh is getting me. But ultimately, (laughs) he really, he's totally not afraid of water. Uh -uh. I understand subconsciously if that's where he maybe passed away. I totally get that. But, but we've established. God, you pussy. Wow. I call Jason Voorhees a pussy. This is when they give Kevin Smith a little, uh, he did a little doctoring of the script. It's like, uh, can we have Tommy Jarvis talk about Star Wars and call Jason a pussy? There we go. There's Jason going, noise, 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 <laughs> kill them kids. <laughs> uh, You're not allowed to camp here anymore. Actually, yeah! you know what? <laughs> you know what? That that big ass chain uh-huh. that comes in with the Voorhees. That's yeah, part of the starter kit. A repellent, just in case. Well, actually, the propeller technically does come into play here. That's a junkyard dog's chain, man. <laughs> or Hercules. Grab them cakes, man. <laughs> Actually, and technically, has Jason Voorhees ever made an appearance in a wrestling ring? I know RoboCop has. Yeah, there there was, um, back in Japan, there was a horror wrestling thing, and it had a Freddy awesome. and a Leatherface awesome. and Jason. Because why wouldn't you? Why right? wouldn't you? Now, you know what I love, what, what Tommy Jarvis is doing here, is he's creating, like, this is how you set up a final scene. It's all fun and games until the water catches fire. Uh, then it's just purely, that's like you're, uh, you know, playing with Prince Voltan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give me the remote control. <laughs> Add some fire. <laughs> but this is actually how you make it a Thunderdome. This is how you up the ante. Yep. And... <laughs> Not fire! <laughs> well, and quite, look, like like Tom Matthews right now, He's in shot, surrounded by fire. That's rad. This is wonderful. That's the one thing that we haven't really talked about too much is the practicality of all the special effects in this film and how in 1986, this is what we had to play. And kind of a callback to part one. It, oh, it's it's a, it's a fantastic callback to part one from the water he was to where he shall be going here. But ultimately, at what price? Because... I, you know, need de- I guess technically waist deep in water. No one has a real advantage. Right. Actually, you know what? Actually, on Tommy Jarvis's part, that's actually a good idea. Because like he's in the boat, everybody else is on fire water. And you know, if Luch, if Fulci actually uh, did uh, Jason Lives, he would have totally taken on a shark. A shark would have been uh-huh. in Camp Kristen, the lake there. <laughs> but I guess zombie Jason versus a shark. It's you know, it's it's Jason. sushi. Yeah, I'm gonna cut it up like sushi. Go lay down, Lola. It's okay. The, the movie's almost over. It's okay. <laughs> we're almost going to chain him up. Oh, yeah. I we're all... Oh, flaming Jason. Uh, v- uh, f- Jason Flambe. Ooh. This is the Jason you order at the end of the night, but you have to order at the beginning of the meal. So you know when to get it. He's with our thing. <laughs> but that's actually a pretty impressive little... Jump up. Yeah. Oh, can't blood. And as the 
rock lower is now Jason realizes he's trapped technique. Now, is he good with the chain? Like what if ooh, what if he if Houdini? you go back to his his you go back to his cabin and he's reading all about all the Houdini, Houdini stories? And he's like, this is he does a little giggle because this is exactly what he wanted them to do. Yeah, exactly. This is part of his master plan. <laughs> When you want to go to the dock, but you're tied to a rock, it's the Jason. <laughs> There's so many ways to do the Jason. <laughs> now, does Tommy Jarvis, is he playing, did he do a possum? Like, is Jason... I think he actually, like, like Okay, because we, we do technically get... Yeah, because, like... The breathing life of... The, the, the sheriff's daughter kiss. Yeah, well, as it does, as it yeah, does. Yeah, they're magical. Farmer's daughters and sheriff's daughters are magical. <laughs> <laughs> Not just cautionary tales or things that happen in the backwoods. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so I will say, as we are kind of wrapping things up here, I wanted to make sure here in the month of December, we're always giving out some Rotten Rentals recommendations. Uh, Rotten Rentals, you can find them at RottenRentals.com. And uh, Genius, what are Rotten Rentals? Rotten, red, rotten, blah, blah, blah. rotten Rentals are these uh, badass uh, VHS clamshell covers. and But... They have these really cool artwork, but the VHS isn't inside. It's this treasure trove of goodies. And I knew it. See, like, even though when I first saw this, even before. You knew it was coming. You knew it was coming because, like, it was too easy. Of course, he's still alive fucking shit up. We, we need checkoffs. No, we never talked about a propeller, did we? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Could you get a propeller in a uh, Rotten Rentals pack there, genius? No, they're too big. But you, <laughs> you can get maybe one of those little propellers. But you might get all sorts of stuff. But speaking of getting propellers, this is great. This is a great kill. Because if you're going to take Jason out, why not like a propeller to the face? How dope is that? Well, do you think there's like maybe a custom like um, fishing shop there at Camp Crystal Lake that like makes a customized propeller that is just perfect for cutting up a Voorhees? Like <laughs> you never like know. The masks is made out of the shurikens. <laughs> Because oh, even Jason's big eyes, like holy shit, and that shake, it, that shake. Jason shimmy, that's the Jason. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch the Freddy to the Jason. <laughs> when you when you're at the bottom of the lake and you start to shake, it's the Jason. <laughs> classic, classic. <laughs> but technically, Chunks. you get you. Yeah, it's it's uh, Jason Chum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. You know, that's, imagine yeah, the sharks that that actually, maybe that's zombie actually how sharks, you, that's how you get like, that's how you get zombie sharks. Yeah, exactly. From you want, you want zombie sharks? That's how you get zombie sharks. If, if Archer taught us any. Oh, Christ almighty. But a Rotten Reynolds that I'm going to recommend here is one of their specialty packs of a uh, film that is definitely appreciated in the month of December it's because like, it's a Christmas horror film, uh, Joe Dante's Gremlins. They have a specialty uh, VHS pack. Speaking of Joe Dante. Specialty artist by Zach Wallenfang. Uh, it's a fantastic design. It's almost as good as a, as a kiss of life from, from the uh, sheriff's daughter. From the sheriff's daughter. Christ, take a drink every time we've talked about the sheriff's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Actually, I must inquire, does genius need to pee because he's really shaking a knee? Do the genius. Do you have to pee? You're doing the shake. No. Okay. I was just kind of getting into <laughs> the movie. It's just, we're oh. getting to the point. Of, <laughs> stop it with that. Just stop it. Because <laughs> this is the point of a commentary where I won't lie. There have been a few times. Like, okay, we got to go. Bye. <laughs> no. no <it's laughs> but no, we are dev technically uh, getting ready to wrap things up here. Uh, finalizing this screening of. 
Friday the Part Friday the Thar- little, 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 Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. <laughs> Did you say Jason. Friday the Fourteenth? <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy! <laughs> but now, much like um, the Loch Ness monster, do you think, like on a bad, like on a windy day, like the the water will dip just enough so you can see the see top the of his bald head. head? Have you seen the um, the aquarium piece that goes along with that? That has the rock and the Jason. It's pretty grand. Yeah, it is. Well, again, we live in a great day and age now, where every little like specific scene from any horror movie probably has an action figure, a diorama, or some sort of piece of art devoted to it. Yeah. And we live in and we are in a and we are the more we benefit because of it. Well, shit, like but you're deeper in the woods. Oh no, it's got to do the Jason lyrics. No, but I was saying, even back in then they had um video games and action figures and all sorts of stuff. Again, so many R-rated origins creating merchandise for kids there was a nintendo game of friday Mm -hmm. the 13th he became much like freddy well it's weird because jason unlike freddy doesn't speak yeah so jason speaks for all the kids that don't speak you know you know what maybe that's why i identify more with jason and you identify more with freddy freddy's bombastic he's the life of the party jason is just over there in the corner minding his own business watching the party leave me alone come to my territory and i'll kill you well, I'm not that. You well, know, no, but, no, but <laughs> but I can appreciate. <laughs> but we do indeed close out with the man behind the mask, the Alice Cooper uh, song, and uh, obviously, if you're traveling, too bad Camp Crystal Lake isn't in uh, Milwaukee or Milwaukee. Uh, I believe that's Algonquin Core, the Good Earth, the Good Land. Oh, <laughs> so you know oh. how to party. <laughs> Jason does that. Okay, so. I know it changes on the day, but let's say today, right now at this moment in time, what are your top four or five? I've got a newfound appreciation for uh, Jason Lives, so I'm going to throw Jason Lives in there. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to go part five. I'm going to go part two, part four, and part six. Okay. I'm going to go six, two, four, ten, and remake. And the... and the remake itself, I know, is something that we might... I don't know. That's a long one. Yeah, but that's, I love the remake. I think it's just the right amount of, like... You know, I tell you, it actually, for a remake, as gratuitous as it is, because the nudity on that one and the sex is, like, weird. next it's level. Just, it's just right in your face. It, it truly is. It's, uh, it's an interesting one, but ultimately, there's a number of reasons why some of that works, some of it doesn't. We can go on about it for days, but ultimately, again, I can't wait for. You said there's two Friday the Thirteenth in the month in the year of 2020. Uh huh. So, what shall our next comment? Do you want to call our next commentary track? Ooh, no, I'm gonna keep it a surprise. Let's keep it a surprise because we still have quite a few to get through. Oh yeah. Um, at this point, we've closed out the Tommy we, Jarvis trilogy. We can go uh, sleazier. We can go. Oh, um, we can go to space. Awesome. We can space. go space. Spice, spice could be good. I don't know. We could um, go all over the place, man. Yeah, there's, there's. You know what? Um, the, the flavor will hit us, much like uh, whatever Jason will be. It's going to be a grand one. Uh, but I always enjoy kicking back and watching mm-hmm. these. Um, and maybe we'll have another camp counselor with us. Who knows? Uh, but Friday the Thirteenth, let it be forever here on out. We will explore the entire franchise ideally, um, and much like um, he's back, we'll be back too eventually um, uh-huh. next week. As it turns out. 
Not sure what the episode is, but uh, the week after that, we will do our best of 2019. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius Mickey. And we'll see you in your dreams. (laughs) 